0: Hello everybody, this is your host Vid, and welcome to another episode of the Success Inspired Podcast. In today's episode, we talk about a business journey of an emerging sport tech company, physical performance, velocity-based training, and gamification in the fitness industry. Uh, Get ready for a bit more technical episode today, guys. Uh, It's a slightly not great, not terrible type of sound as well. Uh, It's one of the episodes that I've recorded way back when I was sort of getting into this. And it was a face-to-face interview and I was just sort of (laughs) getting my hands on using a new microphone. So it's one of those, not great, not terrible, does the job, but you'll definitely get a lot of value out of this one. So buckle up, let's do this. My guest in this episode is an education and training manager of sport performance tech company. She lives and embraces sport technology and for the last 10 years she has been providing equipment to elite sporting teams and athletes. With the innovation of smaller technologies her and her team have been able to design a low-cost product that brings everyday athletes the ability to track their performance in the way that top level athletes already do. Please welcome to the show Heather Lawton from Jimaware. Uh, today, Heather, that's all right.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, what's your story, Heather? How did you get into sport tech?
1: Um, so, I suppose I mean, growing up, always had an interest in sport and. In the mid-90s, found myself as an athlete at the AIS here in Canberra. Mm -hmm. Um, So even though I wasn't involved in making or producing um, sports technology, I guess I was exposed to lots of great sort of physiologists and things like VO2 max systems, altitude houses and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Not long after, I guess I fell into it by... um, I suppose marrying into it. Um, my husband, who was a technician at the AIS, left there and with another guy, Rob, set up uh, Kinetic Performance. So this was back in 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys had such keen interest in making technology, which was uh, to solve the problems um, that physiologists had when trying to monitor their athletes in the weights room. And so came about Gym wear. Cool.
0: Awesome. So, um, and um, Jimoy. So your husband, he's always been into sports. Sports performance.
1: Yeah. So Evan worked as a technician in the physiology lab at the AIS for ten years, um, and then with Rob, they decided to leave and commercialize the product, which is now known as Jimway.
0: Cool. Yourself, you've been an athlete there and AIS, What mm-hmm. sort of sports have you been into?
1: Um, so, I was there for rowing, and unfortunately, you know, my body just didn't hold up to it, so I only had a short career about two or three years. Um, and then, I guess, I went on to university to continue my studies whilst Robin Evans started the business, yep. and that started in the suburban garage um, <laughs> in Gearalang. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So, Audiosca. was that your
0: previous location before Mitchell?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So, we were in the garage for a few years, um, and then thanks to some sort of great, I guess, you know, grants and programs by the ACT government, we were able to move into a premise at Mitchell, and we've been there ever since.
0: That's awesome. So, it's literally one of those garage stories of yeah. innovators yeah. coming up with ideas. That's like, um, I think, Steve Jobs, isn't he? He and the Steve Wozniak, the guys, they... they yeah, in the garage, they just I tinker
1: around in their garage for a while. Um, <laughs> a little, uh, and I think that's the thing with any kind of idea is you have to be prepared to, you know, start in a garage and put absolutely everything into it. Um, you've really got to believe in what you're doing. Mm. And, you know, to their credit, they definitely did. They they were smart and um, they just stuck with it. Persistent. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a commonality with, with a lot of businesses starting from bootstrapping, starting from a... Seed idea of not much backing and just got to be persistent. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, so, tell me a bit more about Jimmyware. Where's wear now?
1: Well, I mean, yesterday was the Super Bowl, and both the 49ers and the Kansas City Royals used Jimmyware in their training, in their weights room. Um, so, we're pretty proud of that. So, I guess that's where we are today. Uh, our technology is used by Majority of North American professional sporting teams, so that's across ice hockey, um, NFL, Major League Baseball, basketball. Um, You know, we have hundreds of colleges and universities, you know, such as Clemson University, um, Florida State, um, University of Ohio, um, yeah, like lots of universities across America. Um, We're also not limited to that continent, we also export into Japan mm-hmm. and find a lot of success there with Japanese rugby teams cool. um, especially now leading up to Tokyo mm-hmm. uh, we go across to the UK we've got a great um, foothold in the UK in football such as Manchester United Arsenal um, then across into rugby Ulster rugby all the New Zealand rugby teams use gym wear in their training um, and they have pretty much from day one you know we're really proud to say that the New Zealand All Blacks even though we're Australian, yeah. Um, they were very quick to come to the party and they travel um, across the world carrying gym with them. So.
0: That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. What an accomplishment. And how long, did you say 10 years you guys
1: been around? So our business is 18 years old now, mm-hmm. but we have, I guess, our focus on gym has been the last probably 8 years. So we basically, we had the product um, about 8 years ago. We decided we were going to change the interface. So whilst the product remained the same, that it measures the athlete's work in the gym, um, instead of designing the interface for the coach and the researcher, we sort of flipped it and designed the interface for the athlete to use. So by creating it and gamifying the experience, um, we got all the athletes on board, which in turn makes the coach's job easier. So one of our feedbacks, because we came from a research background, was that it was really time-consuming to implement technology in a day-to-day situation. Mm. It's fine when you're doing a research paper, um, but when you're trying to push 40 athletes through a session in 30 minutes, um, you know you don't need it to get in the way. So by enabling the athletes to easily um, select themselves from the list and start lifting, so creating an interface that was intuitive to them. Uh, we overcame that problem and I feel that that is really actually what has driven our success over the last five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whilst ultimately the data is for the coaches and the high performance staff, it's the athletes that feel like they're using the system.
0: And because they want to use it, there's more mm-hmm. usage and there's more data yeah. which then transfer- transfers back to the coaches. Absolutely. And is that the new product that you've got, the Flex, that you're talking about now? Or is no, that, no, so that's, that's the, the Gym aware interface. Aware. Okay,
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. So the Gym is um, extensively designed to handle large numbers of athletes. So features within the app enable you to shortlist squads, create your own sort of exercise tests, mm-hmm. set velocity targets and ranges from one iPad, which feeds down the line. So if you're running 10 systems at once, you yeah. control sort of one master. Um, Very cool. Yeah, so, so the Gym Aware is really designed for teams and then Flex is the new product which is uh, designed for an individual use and utilizes an individual login on their phone and, pro- and is more attractive like if you're in the team setting you might have your, your main guys using Gym Aware on the racks and then maybe you've got a couple of injured guys who aren't going to be part of the session but you still want to collect their data but you don't want them to take up a, a space. So you give them flex and they go and train with that.
0: Nice little portable device that they can carry over with them. Yeah. Um, now for the listeners, obviously, um, they might not know what we're talking about. So can we, can we get into it a little bit? What, what, is, what does it look like? What is, um, what is gym aware? What does the unit look like? What does it do? And what's the difference between that and the new product, flex?
1: Yep. yep. So I'll start with gym aware. So gym aware is technically a linear positional transducer which measures angle. So that might sound a bit kind of crazy. Um, but what that means is we're just looking at time and displacement of the barbell. Mm-hmm. So with Gym Aware, um, an LPT technically has a cable or a tether that runs out of the box and attaches to the barbell. Um, with Gym Aware, we also account for the change in angle. So if an athlete moves forward or backwards from um, when they unrack the bar... The from the trajectory? Yeah, trajectory. Okay. It, it, auto corrects for that change in angle so So it wouldn't measure it or no no it does measure it that two-dimensional angle it takes that into account because your distance if you're squatting a meter out from the box or you're squatting right on top of it It yeah yeah, if you don't calculate for that angle um you'd get the wrong kind of reading so
0: and that's based on the athlete's height or
1: no so it's based on uh, the distance the athlete travels with the barbell so if they put it on their back for a squat. And then we look at dip, so they go down, and then they come up, we're looking at that that height then.
0: But you also mentioned if they're racking, unracking, that's that's sort of a forward movement. Yeah, so So uh, we take that
1: into account. So Jim takes that into account. Uh Um, It's an LPT, it's got a string. It is also 99% accurate. It's been independently validated numerous times across the world. Mm. It's considered the gold standard. Um, for technology used in research. So, you know, all over the world, there are strength and conditioning um, professionals out there producing great research papers, and they utilise Gym as their measure. Um, so Gym interfaces with an iPad. Um, that's what the athlete sees and uses or the coach. Uh-huh. Um, and then whilst the accuracy is excellent... Um, The price point is also high, so what we have done over the last few years is, as technology has definitely changed, um, we also have been continually R&Ding a wireless version of the GymWare product. Mm -hmm. Um, For us as a company, um, accuracy is very important. So whilst the market was sort of flooded a couple of years ago with accelerometer based systems. We know that accelerometers um, have drift in their data, so they're, not they're, as accurate. they're just not as accurate. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking in performance for a 1% gain, you can't afford your numbers to be off.
0: Especially if, it, if it's just 1% you're looking for, or you, it's got to be spot on.
1: Exactly. And, and athletes mm-hmm. also will get wind of something if, um, and they just won't trust it, and then they won't use it, and then the whole cycle of that sort of coach-athlete-trust relationship will get broken.
0: And then the conversation will go like, yeah, well, I don't really believe it, and there's mistrust, and the coach might try and push on that data, whereas the athlete doesn't believe it, and yeah, I can see how that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so whilst, you know, a few years ago we could have definitely built an accelerometer-based product, we decided not to, and to investigate other technologies that we could use instead, Um, and then last November we launched our new product called Flex which utilizes a combination of lasers so basically we're using um, like an end cap that you magnetically attaches just to the end of the barbell Uh and then it's looking for it utilizes a circular laser array and it looks for the time and displacement um, from the ground or the ceiling so it always knows where the bar is. And knows where the ground is. Where the ground is as it rotates in space. Um, and with our sort of in-house studies, we've found um, a very high level of accuracy with our laser-based system with Flex compared to Jimoy. Um, there's a number of papers that are currently in review mm-hmm. that are um, you know, independently published about the validity and accuracy of... You know, all the velocity based training devices on the market. So, so they come close with, yeah. with that. So, you know, whilst we'd still recommend <clears throat> Gym Aware as the product to choose for the research kind of grade, you can now implement the same training that the Elite guys do with confidence using the Flex product with its lasers rather than an accelerometer, which, um, yeah, has issues.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so that's the product. Now also, there is some gamification. To, you mentioned gamification to JimiWare through mm-hmm. an app, and there's, I believe uh, you've got an app for uh, Flex mm-hmm. as well. Is that a separate app?
1: Yeah, so Flex is a separate app, and it's, um, it's a handheld-based app. So we've got it on the iPhone at present. We'll have it on the Android by March. Um, and the big difference, I suppose, is that it's, it's personalized. It's your app. Um, we look at it like we say it's like Strava but for the weights room. Ah, cool. So yeah, I like that. there's a community aspect to flex, um, you know, we can be buddies bit, and you can follow me and basically when you're at work, you'll get a notification that says, oh, Heather just PR'd her back squat, you know, know you can like... give me a fist bump, <laughs> yeah, you can write some comments, <laughs> we can take some photos.
0: Or it might want you to go in the gym and try. Exactly.
1: And... So this is the idea yeah. that we're kind of going for. That's awesome. Um, you know, like for us, it's really the, we see the weights room as a, as a great community. Um, and with technology you don't have to be in someone's physical presence to feel their connection mm. so we're trying to bring some of that sort of socialization into the weights room um, great for people who train on their own great for people who have online coaches um, that sort of idea
0: it's almost like you're creating a whole new market because when we look at a typical gym goer you know guys who just want lift a lot of them don't want to talk to anybody and they're just doing that lift right yeah Yeah, absolutely. This is is where you can break that and create that social aspect. I like it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people go to these kind of globo gyms that now have excellent kind of lifting equipment, great. And you see guys doing great, you know, Olympic movements, um, but they've got their headphones on and they're really, they've isolated themselves. So instead of trying to break that kind of behaviour, I feel that, it's better that you can support it with a product that is going to, you know, accurately sort of um, monitor their performance, but also connect them to their other mates who are lifting as well. So provide a bit of a a social chat in there.
0: That's awesome. Hmm. What are some of the other features of the Flex product? So you've got the apps, you've got the gamification. What else does the app do? And I think that sort of gets us into the...
1: Yeah, so I guess you know we we know a lot about um, a concept of training called velocity-based training because that's really been our bread and butter for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have found that sort of regular gym goers are not really aware of the concept of training the barbell to speed.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so whilst Flex does measure the barbell velocity and give you real time feedback on that, it also shows the path of your bar. So if you're an athlete and you know, say you're trying to learn how to do a power clean, yep. um, it will show you the path of that bar. So you can see if you've got a hitch or if you're kind of pulling the bar out in front of you. Create
0: an um, inefficient an extra movement.
1: Exactly. Or even if you're squatting and you, you know, you might lean forward, get your weight on your toes. You can see that sort of feedback in real time. So... Because the product is so young, um, you know, we are still building things in that we see that people really want. Hmm. So the ability to do things like, um, at the moment we're working on a feature where, Vid, if you came and I was working out in the gym and you already had a, just a free account, you could we could do a buddy mode. So I could look you up and you could train with me on my flex on my phone and all the data would go to your account. Hang on, so... so
0: I'll- we would both have our own flex.
1: No, you wouldn't need one.
0: So we just share a flex. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just like when, when you say you're doing bench press with a mate and they're spotting you. Oh, switching sets. Yeah, and you and just press. And then you just sets. press, yep. and you have
0: to just switch it on the up. Yep. You're just pressing who's Yep, lifting. who's lifting.
1: Yeah, cool. So basically just switching between a couple. We can, you can have up to two buddies, so you can switch between each other. Um, That's excellent.
0: That, 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 again, gives you advantage, a selling advantage, I guess, for some who can't afford the whole thing for themselves.
1: Absolutely, or, you know, we even find people by one between, like, a couple of guys. Yeah. So they do it that way. That's awesome. Um, And then we're also seeing that even though you might start training to bar path or maybe you're just counting your reps and your sets and your total tonnage, um, people have a natural progression and a natural inquiry into starting to understand what velocity is all about. Mm. And once you start to understand the benefits of velocity-based training um, and how... How it can account for that sort of fatigue and, and auto-regulation, you know, I think people won't really go back to percentage based training.
0: Hmm. And there's a, a safer approach to it as well when you when you track in, well, f- well, yeah. So when you track in um, by speed, that mm-hmm. sort of gives you. I mean, depending on different um, outcomes, dif- yep. different um, how long it takes for the bar to move per per per, per meter yep. per second. Sorry, yep. so it's the the distance but per duration Yeah. You then, I think there's some tables that you can align to, to what's maximal submaximal yep. in relation Absolutely. to one RM.
1: Yep so strength, power and speed. So you know the researchers have been great because what they've done and I mean people have been doing what's called velocity based training you know the Russians have been doing it since like the 50s mm. you know it's not new science. Yep. What is new is the technology that is available now. I um, actually he- wonder how would they
0: measure it back in the 50s
1: well, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. I've I heard mean, Tendo's been around for a long time. There's a, another product out there, which is a LPT called Tendo, um, and they, they were pretty much the, the original um, velocity-based training device.
0: Because I've also um, heard some, uh, in the past, i have also used um, infrared sensors and mm-hmm. to create two lines and see mm-hmm. see how quickly you move from one to yeah. the other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, like, it has to be accessible. A lot of the stuff was done in the lab. Mm. So, whereas we're talking the gym floor now.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's been great. Like the researchers, the research into velocity based training has given um, practitioners these zones. And the zones, there's sort of five zones, but basically you're looking at strength, power, and speed. Mm-hmm. And what it means is that the speed of the barbell correlates to a percentage. So, um,
0: percentage of 1RM. Yeah,
1: percentage of your 1RM. So, on any given day, your 1RM can, you know, plus or minus 10%, which is quite a lot, depending on if you've played a game of football or basketball, or you've done another session in the morning, or you've Mm. done track work, whatever.
0: Nutrition, so many different variables, right? Yeah.
1: So, your your strength coach, he might want you to hit 80% today. Yeah. That is just going to be dead impossible or take you closer to an injury or put you further in the hole if you try as an athlete to do that. Whereas if you look at the speed associated with the 80% and adjust your weight or your load on the bar to sit within that zone, your body will get the physiological adaptation of 80%.
0: Even though it's a, at a lower volume, even at, a lower, lower at load. a lower load, it's at a lower
1: load. Yeah. So that's why there's been such an uptake in VBT as a, a way to train is because people are realising that um, you know you're avoiding injury, you're prolonging the longevity of your athlete, mm-hmm. you're benefiting their mental health by giving them a win in the gym. Um, you know, and it's it's a it's a great it's a great way. And if you if you move that barbell with intent on every lift, you know you're not just there. Oh yeah, just going through the motions. If you are actually really trying to move that bar fast, yeah. like the way it transfers into your chosen sport is pretty phenomenal.
0: That's awesome. And for listeners who don't know, VBT refers to volume based training. Right? No, no,
1: VBT is velocity based training. Sorry. Okay. Yep, that's yeah,
0: that's right. Still stay Okay, cool. Stay on yeah. that topic. Cool. Um, now, um, a bit more of a simpler definition of velocity-based training, what are we talking about?
1: So, velocity-based training is training the barbell to speed. So putting whatever load you need on the bar to hit your set speed. Mm -hmm. So on one day that might be 80 kilos to hit a metre per second in a squat, and on another day that might be only 70 kilos to hit that metre per second the velocity zones correlate to the percentage of your 1RM.
0: And how does that refer to building power, power development?
1: Well, if or you want to... for power. Well, the same way that you would train at, say, you know, 80%, like depending on what you're doing. If, you, yep. if you're looking at strength, power or speed, um, you're obviously in different zones. So strength, you know, you're moving the barbell much slower. Mm-hmm. Um, power... Obviously, sort of those mid ranges, fast and speed, light loads, super quick. Right. So that's the main difference. Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, why should performance-based personal trainers and CrossFit boxes know about this?
1: Well, I think that people demand a certain level of data and accountability with their training. They also, people like to be tracked. I mean, you look at how many people wear Fitbits. Yeah. You know. Does it really matter if you did 10,000 or 10,002 steps? But for some people, and I feel the majority of people who are trying to make health and fitness um, an important part of their life, it it really is important. Mm. You know, I met a guy in the airport the other day and he's just walking around in circles and and (laughs) he sat down next to me and I was like, ah, I was like, you know, that's really great. You know, you're walking for a big flight and he's like, oh, I've got to get my steps up. I always get my steps up now All right. and so he's so driven by just having this target and you know he'll just yeah literally walk in circles around people to get his target so in the same way like if you're a personal trainer you could use something like flex to profile your athletes every six weeks yeah. to show them that even though their one rm might not be progressing if that's their goal they're moving those mid-range loads faster and better than they did before. Um, Using something like Flex also enables a trainer to do a predictive 1RM of a client. Mm -hmm. And by that I mean that there's a certain protocol that you get the client to do. They do five sets of between one and three reps. Um, They don't go above roughly an 80% of their 1RM. So it's like a predictive... Yeah, and then basically uses the force velocity profile to do predictive analysis Mm -hmm. and give you what you think their 1RM might be on that day. And for a lot of trainers, they then can program off that for a block. And sure, they might go back and program percentage-based for their client, but they haven't put their client under the stress of doing a 1RM. And if they're, you know, someone who's not, Um, particularly trained you could definitely get an injury if you're trying to lift heavy
0: I've seen some gnarly videos (laughs) there's been a video on YouTube I believe was a lady on leg press and obviously she hasn't been trained Mm -hmm. Um, you can clearly see her legs weren't really built up look kind of skinny and she hyper like, she went into it all in, did she hyperextended. Oh. Both her knees went the other way. Oh. So we're talking about safety here, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. And, you know, I think it's it's really um, it's really important to, to take that in mind um, when you are starting out with resistance training, with barbell work. So it's also a really great way to show progress. Yeah, too. I was going to
0: say, a really good motivational tool, yeah. especially yeah. if you've got somebody new.
1: Yeah. Um, And, you know, the more advanced people, like there's so many people who subscribe to like online coaching these days. Mm. So if you have a coach and they're, you know, based in America and they're really into velocity based training, um, you know, they'd be able to prescribe your loads for you and your programming for you. Yeah. um, And then you follow it through that way. So, you know, there is there is real, um, I guess, demand for an accurate product in this space that is affordable. The accelerometers that are available are definitely affordable, but I would
0: Maybe not as accurate.
1: question their mm-hmm. accuracy, yeah.
0: Now the other really cool thing about this, what I like is that it adds another dimension to programming, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we generally, as trainers, we prescribe you know, sets, rest, um, uh, reps, the the loads, we might even go into tempo. Some trainers mm-hmm. do that, which is good these days. But this just adds another thing. You can add, that yeah. velocity target per rep. Definitely. And and, it, and yeah, that's You know,
1: great. it's 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 amazing <coughs> to see when you give a person a number. So say you're just doing standing broad jumps and you say, right, you're gonna jump 70 centimetres. Mm. Or you just you don't even measure it, you just put a, a line on the ground and you get them to jump over that. And then you go, Okay, you're gonna jump further the next time. You know, as soon as you give someone a target, as soon as you give someone feedback immediately on what they've done. I can guarantee you, like, human nature means you will just try harder. Absolutely. If you are seeing what you are doing, you will just try so much harder.
0: But when you say target, you mean there's a prescribed number to it. It's yeah. not It's not as yeah. subjectively saying, hey, go as fast as you can. No.
1: No, 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 no. So, yeah, it's just basically, I'm moving 40 kilos. I want to move it at 0.8 meters per second, and I hit a rep, and maybe it's like... 0.75. It's like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, drive my heels a little bit more. Okay, next one, yeah, 0.02, got my target. You know, psychologically, I'm trying. And and sometimes even when an athlete comes into the gym and they might feel really tired, they'll start lifting and actually they're not going to be slow. They'll be fast. Yeah. It, but it's in their head. And if they don't have that feedback in front of them there, you know, your little internal chatterbox will probably be like, "Ah, oh, just kind of go easy this session." But as soon as they see that their performance, you know, seeing their performance is better than what they're feeling and subjective. Yeah, it changes their mindset. And conversely, also for the athletes that tend to overtrain, if they come in and see, oh wow." Like, I feel amazing, you know, they talk themselves up, but then they actually can't move the load. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, they'll they'll change their tact. Okay, maybe I'm a bit tired. Maybe I should pull it back a notch. Yeah. Especially
0: you know? if they've done it historically, they've been able to accomplish it back historically, and now they, ha- now they can't. Mm. That brings a good point of assessment and conversation. Yep, Cause definitely. You could talk about it, you could talk about the the path of travel, and if they're sort of shifting off that path more than they used to, you can talk about yeah. flexibility, mobility, have you done your recovery yesterday as you were meant to or have yeah. you got your sleeve? And, and the other thing um, which is in tr- interesting back to um, the um, setting the target and not just going off subjective and when I was preparing for, for our chat today, mm-hmm. I, su- I found a good, good article on the study that, that was um, assessing the difference between coaches saying to an athlete, go as fast as you can mm-hmm. as opposed to giving them a specific target. Mm-hmm. And and every and and there was a big difference with with the athlete. I think it was forty athletes or something. Yep. Group of forty athletes and and the first group they were just saying go as far as you can. Didn't have that actual number, so it was based on their own yeah. subjective yep. feeling what they think it's as far as they can. But then when they done it again, but they gave them a clear number based on the velocity based measure based on the mm-hmm. measuring device. They hit that.
1: Yep, yep. No, it's um, it's definitely proven. <coughs> like. Yeah, so, you know, we just get a real kick out of, I guess, creating um, technology that enables people to do these things. Mm. Uh, So that's, I guess, that's what we love to do, you know. And also utilising change in technology to create new products. So in all honesty, you know, before Wi-Fi became everyday, commonplace occurrence in gyms, our product was very limited with Mm. what we could do you know, and even backing up 10 years before Bluetooth, our product was very limited. So whilst GymWare now is, you know, um, Bluetooth low energy and utilises the Wi-Fi and the cloud, if you take it back 15 years ago, our system was actually attached to a rack in a gym. Right. So it wasn't the, the, thing, the beast the is today. Be, yeah. yeah, the, the hardware isn't what it wasn't isn't what it is today, but the data is what it is today. Yeah. So I think that is um, a pretty incredible thing. So, you know, historically, we have the largest repository of strength-related data hmm. anywhere in the world.
0: I've been to, um, when I was back in my career as a sports massage therapist, I've been to Rabbitohs at oh, a yeah. performance gym, and I like what they had in their set up they had all yep. the squat racks and they had the iPad set up in each corner of every single rack so I like that setup because it's just sort of combine and tech with the gym gear and just feels very techy and you just hit those squats and you see that profile right there on the display yeah
1: yeah really cool because you know traditionally I mean weight training is I mean it can just be an axe handle and some cast concrete blocks hmm. and go and do some deadlifts yeah so you know it definitely has come a long way. You know, you've got these gyms now that have got these inbuilt sensors in the floor for, um, you know, sort of mo- like foot um, foot, placement foot placement and how and you how, where you <clears throat> where you apply it load, mm-hmm. and you
0: feel like we say like mid foot, mid yeah. not not don't get too much on your yeah. front foot, that yeah. sort of stuff. All right, yeah. I didn't know that. That's no. cool.
1: So you know, I really see the the gym of the future has all this technology, but it's embedded. So you still retain that integrity and feel of like an old school gym. Mm. But actually, data is getting collected everywhere. And then it's seamlessly you know, being reported on and analysed outside of it. So the athlete still comes in and just does their stuff. But yeah.
0: I had one one sort of an idea once, like you know how you got these Japanese arcade games when you mm-hmm. have this thing and it's got little colorful squares and they change the color and you have to tap them with your oh, feet, yeah, yeah, sort of dancing yeah. on that little yeah. one by one meter square thing. What if you had the, the whole gym floor set up where you can, you know, just press a button and it reconfigures the, the button on the floor and you can use it for some like you know, agility based, you know, drills, good yeah. workouts, but also have all the other. Other, Everything you know, else going on. Oh, that? yeah,
1: the, the potential to set up a space like that would be, um, you know, it's there these days. I've seen lasers in the flooring for, um, I guess, different speed drills for track athletes and, and footballers and things. So laser beams yeah, right. coming across. And, you know, I mean, things like timing gates are commonplace, force plates, you know, gym aware. There's, there's so much technology now that is is in the gyms. Um, without athletes even realizing it's there, so many w- mm. to measure,
0: and there's also um, a neural uh, stimulator, mm-hmm. st- like the Halo. Yep. The, the the what do you call it, Neuralink, or yep. no, no, not not Neuralink, um, the Halo. So yeah, it looks train like your a, brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it sort of works on some waves, and it sort of gets your brain in sync, something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I have to admit, I haven't tried that one, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, you do see it. You know, it's um, it's incredible what what people come up with yeah. in the space. It so.
0: is it is very interesting. Especially yeah. with this one. I mean, it kind of when you think about it it makes sense. I mean when you're lifting weights it's it's a lot of it is depending on your CNS because it's mind muscle connection and stronger that mm-hmm. stronger that um, thought stronger that signal, stronger the the making the thought of contracting muscle on the maximal effort. So I guess it makes sense if you if you if you stimulate your brain and prep your brain for that lift. Um Cool. So we've talked about a lot of what what it is and what it does and how it can be applied. In what about CrossFit world? Obviously they've got their CrossFit game. So I mean that's another one, right? I mean it's again performance driven.
1: Yeah. No. CrossFit's CrossFit's fantastic. Actually, I am. Um, I have a lot of time for it and those athletes. And personally, um, even doing CrossFit for a period just to kind of try to get inside an athlete's brain and see whether or not you know, gym or flex could be of benefit to these athletes. Mm. So the way I see it, though, is whilst um, whilst it can be used in just general strength training, I, don't, uh, I feel that it, it could be used by an individual CrossFit athlete, you know, during their normal strength training. And then as a piece of tech that perhaps you would use in specific wards, to look at, I guess, the, um, your power drop off and things like that mm. during something like Fran. I think Fran's like 21, 15, nine thrusters and pull ups. Mm. So basically we've used it, we've put flex on the bar, done Fran, then afterwards, once you can breathe again, had a look at where your performance really drops off. Like for me, I'm not a particularly good CrossFitter. I can get through that first 21 unbroken, um, but then in the 15 I had to stop. So when I looked actually at my data and at my reps, what it was telling me is that there was a steep drop off at around about rep number 13 in my first set. So what I would have been better doing,
2: putting the bar down, reps back.
1: Well, yeah, just put the bar down. You know, 10 second rest, pick it back up, Mm -hmm. finish that sort of first part off, and then. I'd be able to get through the 15 unbroken, which is sort of the real, I guess, kind of hard work part. That's where you make it or break it there. yeah. Um, You know, so even like, so for a CrossFitter, you know, analysing um, where you produce the most power, where your power all of a sudden starts to drop off, um, how you could break up something like Fran in a more effective way. Mm. Um, We see it used like that, but... You know, I've got this great vision. I was watching the CrossFit Games and they did... I think they did Max... The, the, they were coming out and they were doing Max Clean, I think Power Clean last year. Yep. If Flex was on the bar and the audience could see the power and the oh, speed and the distance... Have it on a screen. And you have it on a screen and it's broadcast live.
0: That's another. That, that adds another really good point to the commentary.
1: Absolutely. It's like the speed of a serve in a game of tennis. Yeah, all of this, All awesome. of a sudden, yeah, the audience engagement can be so much more because what the commenters could do is, you know, research tells us that really you can't move a bar much slower than like 0.07 metres per second, say, mm. in a bench press. Like there's all these sort of targets. Like you in a in a clean, you're looking at the peak velocity has to be, you know, a certain speed. So someone could come out, like Claire Teotumi could come out. She does a clean. It's so fast. Like, it's lightning. Snappy. Yeah, it's snap. Like, you know that she's got at least two or three more of these in the tank. Yeah. Then say maybe Katrin daughter comes out and she's much slower, but she still gets it up. Like, the audience would know that she's going to struggle on the next lift. So do they lift her? Are they barracking for her? Oh, okay, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So you can kind of predict whether or not someone's got another rep to go. It's
0: another way to get the audience more involved and and make make an impact. Yeah, and then
1: then also, you know, you start looking at things like normative ranges. So if you want to be a top-level crossfitter, right, and you profile all the crossfitters across, like, their deadlift, bench, and squat, you know that you have to hit X number of kilos at this speed. There's and enough that, data now yes, to show those There's so much ranges, data to yeah. show what that range would be. Um, and, you know, you can trickle that down all the way into doing, like, talent ID. Mm. You, you know, like, what, um, what loads a good sort of track athlete has to be lifting or how fast they have to be moving that way. Mm. You know, like, for football, for um, basketball, even, like, for ice hockey... Um, gym gets used in the ice hockey combine in North America and it's put on the bench press. Yeah. Um, you know, so the, the kids going into these combines, they, they go and they find these high-performance facilities or these gyms that already have gym and they get on the bench and they do the tests and they work out, you know, where they need to improve in order to make that sort of cut. Mm. So,
0: and this is what we talk about, the, is that the bar, power profile of an athlete?
1: Yeah, basically power profiling them. <coughs> Um, yeah, so looking at what speeds they they move, what load.
0: Have you looked at Dimitri Klokov?
1: No, I haven't, actually. Have you seen
0: his video and he does the uh, snatch from a deficit? So he goes oh. and he's, he's pausing halfway. Really? And he just snaps it up and like crazy weight. Pretty important, yeah. It's ridiculous. It is this It guy is pretty amazing how much people can lift. Yeah. Yeah. It's, the human human potential is just incredible, what we think it is and then what we get surprised with it's just unreal awesome so um gamification to motivate team of athletes we've talked about that a really 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 good motivational tool there um can we just quickly just elaborate a little more on how is velocity-based training different from the old school one rm um
1: so velocity-based training it's it's different to training your percentages because what you are looking at is training the barbell to certain speeds. Um, yeah, that was terrible. Training the movement,
0: yeah, training yeah. the movement to to a speed.
1: Yep. Yeah, so in, with velocity-based training...
0: It's I about get, A to B at a...
1: Yeah, A mm-hmm. to B at a certain speed. So you'd look at mean velocity, which is the average velocity of the speed in, say, a bench press, a squat, mm-hmm. a deadlift. For Olympic movements, what you want to look at is the peak velocity. So that point of the the bar moving the fastest. So that's like in your your clean, your jerk, your snatch, those kind of Olympic movements. Um, There's a ton of information there about velocity-based training. Um, Dr. Brian Mann out of University of Missouri is probably the go-to source for it he's got a great book called developing explosive athletes pretty sure you can get it on amazon uh-huh. um and then i mean guys like harry dorrell out of um the uk jonathan weekly out of queensland you know they're doing excellent research in the field and of the implementation and the benefits of velocity-based training mm. across a broader community.
0: I think Dan Baker from AAS, ASCA covers it as well, and thing.
1: yeah, Dan Baker has been great. He's been around for a long time. Really, um, you know, solid coach. Really strong practitioner in mm. using velocity-based training. So yeah, definitely check those guys out.
0: Awesome. Last time you mentioned also when we spoke in, in preparation for the chat today, um, you had an AFL story.
1: Oh, yeah. So I suppose um, it's not so much to do with velocity-based training but more with looking at fatigue um, and how that can have a big impact in in how people perform in the weights room. So Gym Aware gets used to um, measure counter-movement jumps. It's an exercise that a lot of teams use as a fatigue marker so they'll get their athletes to come in um, before a session starts, gets them to do a couple of jumps and the coach will look at, you know, the power the boys are putting out and then basically determine, you know, some of the loading or, or what the session's going to look like. So for um, one particular AFL team, they were noticing that after a game, boys would come in on the Monday and their power would be absolutely bottomed out. Like it would be, it would be terrible. So they'd come in and they'd do some jumps um, the coach would be like, oh, God, we can, you know, don't know what we're going to do with these guys today. Mm. They'd give them, you know, obviously a light session and then kind of go back up to normal before they played the game the following weekend. Uh, over a couple of weeks, they noticed this trend because what they were doing was they looked at the data, um, but they also looked at it against what games were being played, where the games were being played and how far the athletes were running so in athletes you know at the very basic gps data tracking they're looking at you know distance that the players run yeah so they could see that there was no real change in the distance that these guys were running so that wasn't what was sort of one of the um, factors that was making them so tired and what they put it down to in the end was that a particular ground that the boys played on every four weeks was much softer so it's like the difference between running in sand or running on the road. Mm. Um, they were so fatigued after these games. And by, you know, through the the monitoring of these jumps, what they then did is the week before they played on this particular field, they would lighten their programming and give them a little bit of an extra taper so right. that they could come into that game with fresher legs. Um, and they had really great success with it so you know it, even though that's not a day-to-day velocity-based training use of gym aware um, it's the way that i guess data when it's combined with other factors can give you um, i guess really the competitive edge
0: mm, that's awesome great story i mean as you said you know, it was a whole team right so that was clearly an indication yeah. that that what it was influencing was something that everybody's been exposed to, as opposed to if it was just an individual athlete. Exactly. You, you would look at their personal right, their sleep, everything. Yep. But it was the whole team. Yep. Clearly, that was something to do with with what they're all like being exposed to. So, excellent example there. How 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 important it is to assess um, Definitely. and adapt. Yeah,
1: regular performance monitoring is kind of key. Hmm. And you know, we are just one small part of that sort of athlete. I like to think of it like a big athlete pie. Um, you know, gym data is just one small piece. The power of it comes from when you combine it with all these other things that are getting tracked. Mm-hmm. The GPS, the sleep, the nutrition, the mental health and wellbeing. Um, yeah, that's when, you, that's when you can really um, see what's going on and, and make informed choices.
0: Awesome. That was very insightful, Heather. Thank you so much. We're almost at the end of our podcast. We've spoke for about 45 minutes. I've got two questions to wrap it up. One, what is the hardest thing you've had to overcome with your team together in your business, in your sport tech business so far?
1: Um, So for us, I suppose, well, no, I don't suppose. I know the hardest thing we've had to overcome in our business was actually the loss of our business partner Mm. about seven years ago. Um, You know... Absolute, not just his partner, but his wife as well, and and absolutely gutting. Um, All I can say is that you just keep going. You just turn up. You just open that door every day and keep moving forward. Um, And when you are passionate about what you do Mm -hmm. and when you surround yourself with people who also believe in what you do, um, you can pretty much get through anything. And overcome that. Yep struggles definitely
0: any advice you'd like to give to somebody looking to start a business
1: don't (laughs) no no i mean like in all seriousness you have to love it you have to live and breathe it it has to almost be more important than anything else Mm. starting a business is a very selfish choice um, and it's not something I think people should really go into lightly if they want to be successful. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying, like, seriously consider it.
0: And make sure that when you're going into it, the number one motiva- motivating factor there is that you, you want to do it, that you yeah, enjoy it. You've absolutely you to
1: got do. to love what you do. You don't do it For to the make For money. money. <laughs> No. no, we always have a joke, you know, when Evan came to me and he said, oh, so we're going to start this business and we're going to make a product and it's going to do this and I reckon three years, three years and we'll be out. We'll have made some money and we'll be out. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that um, it's not a short-term game. You know, if, you, if you're really into, into it to make a difference... You know, it's, um, it's for the long haul. And it's also about enjoying the things along the way. Mm. You know, I honestly pinch myself sometimes. You know, I stand in these gyms and I'm surrounded by these amazing athletes and I'm showing them how to use our stuff. And it's honestly one of the nicest jobs I could ever imagine having. So...
0: The same, same as for me. It's um, when I'm training, well, helping people get fit. Um, yeah, just seeing people starting to get it, starting to get the whole nutrition game, the training game, and how it combines, and how they starting to see results, and and seeing them being motivated to do more. Mm. It's just that's the best reward, really, isn't it? Yeah,
1: definitely. You know, seeing your product used for us is mm. our biggest reward. You know, whether you are, you know, an athlete who just won the Super Bowl, or, you know, you're just a guy who trains in his shed. Like, your data is exactly as important to us, regardless of who you are.
0: Awesome. Now, speaking of making a difference, is there anything that you'd like to offer to our listeners?
1: Um, Yeah, so we can offer you guys free shipping. I mean, we always free ship to Australia, but internationally we'll offer free shipping. And if you use the code... Um, Flex stronger, so that's all just one word. Yeah. Uh, we'll also throw in a really nice travel case for your Flex device. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I'll add all the links in the description of this podcast. Now, how can people find you guys?
1: Uh, the best way to find us, I guess, is online. So for Flex, the website's flexstronger.com, and for Gymware it's just gymware.com. So we're pretty straight up.
0: So gymware we're more for performance coaches and teams. Yeah, definitely. And consumers' Mm -hmm. flags. Awesome. Excellent. Great. We've done it. 49 minutes, Heather. That's insane. Well done. (laughs) And it was a rough morning for both of us. We are both stuck in the traffic, but we made it. Thank you so much for coming along today. I look forward to getting on the flags, incorporating my own routine. I know I will. And um, until next time. Thanks very much. And that's a wrap. You've just listened to episode 8 of the Success Inspired Podcast. In the next episode, I'm talking to an online marketing specialist, investor, owner of multiple fitness businesses and consultant to both corporate and private business sector. We talk about future planning, productivity through power of simplicity, staying focused and importance of work ethics. Biggest takeaway from this episode is that it's never too late to change your career to start doing something that really fulfills you. My guest shares his story, how he decided to wrap everything up and go for a two-year travel adventure, traveling through 40 different countries after he had gone through a life-changing experience of going clinically dead during a problematic heart operation. To get notified about all the upcoming episodes, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you want to help me extend the reach of this show to more people, simply write and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And let your mates know about this on social media. Have a great rest of your day, stay inspired, and stay active, everybody.